everybody. Good day to all of you from us here at Restoring Balance Autism Recovery. This is Harold. We are holding our fourth podcast today, June 21st, 2019. We have Mr. Ryan Hetrick on the line, Director of Restoring Balance Autism Recovery, and good friend of mine, of course, behaviorist. Uh, Mr. Hetrick, how are you doing today? Great, great. Thanks for... uh being on the show with us today. Always exciting to talk about updates and how things are coming along. Always excellent, always excellent to have you on the line. And So we were just uh, so excited to get you on here because we were just at the Autism Conference. Uh, Restoring Balance happened to be invited to the uh, Autism One Conference in Chicago. And we were there May 22nd through the 26th and We are just uh, super pumped after that because we were able to really engage with others who are on the same wavelength and understand restoration as possible. So, uh, Ryan, tell us about uh, firsthand how you enjoyed the conference. Yeah, I was really excited to be there. Really thankful you could be there too, actually. Um, You know, Autism One... I've actually been going for, this is my third Autism One conference, and um, the thanks event actually is how we basically got the other half of the movie done. You know, there was a lot of professionals we connected with from that conference uh, years ago in uh, 2017, and so I'm really thankful to uh, Terry and Ed Aranga, they're the ones who put this conference on uh, every year, and it's it's just always such a feat and you know like you said meeting everybody there that has opinions of like-mindedness there's like the sense of camaraderie that you know everybody's helping each other there's online groups that you know chat all year and these people never get to see each other and and at some of these conferences you know they finally get to see each other in person and be real friends (laughs) so um, it's just great to see a bunch of people like that coming together and um, a, a lot of professionals you know that have this biomedical mindset this uh, cutting edge information that you know honestly I haven't really seen at that many other conferences uh, there's, there's really only one or two other biomedical conferences and they're, and they're not as big so really appreciative that this conference has been going on for so long and that we were able to take place and actually screen the movie there this year so i was really excited for that yeah it was absolutely excellent actually um and meeting the doctors and the professionals that attended and um, along with all the different parts of the conference that included you know other natural safe ways of healing and alternative methods to just the normal western medicine and we could really understand that there's a whole nother side to this that people are are really having a struggle with um you know coming to uh to grip you know to grips with you know that food can heal and i think you know we're going to touch that on that next topic in the next podcast uh you know uh food health and aba and uh, how data can be 
you know, dismissed because it's not done a certain way, shape, or form. But uh, speaking of data, that's one thing we saw a lot of at the conference was was a lot of testimonials, and that that to me is data. Um, what did you think of the stories that you came across, Ryan? Yeah, uh, I mean, speaking of data, you know, there were so many great doctors there. Um, I'm just going to go through a couple of them that stood out to me. Um, you know, Professor James Adams from Arizona State University, he is conducting one of the final trials for FDA approval of a procedure uh, similar to a fecal transplant. They call it a, a microbiota transplant because they actually able to filter out the fecal matter and it's just this odorless, tasteless liquid that they're left over with. And they've done trials of this and uh, they're trying to raise money for their uh, one of their final trials to get FDA approval. And so he was there speaking at the conference. Uh, they recently published some results to show that that the studies have been able to improve uh, autism behaviors dramatically. Uh, I think the average the average person that went through that protocol, that microbiota, I think it was an eight to twelve week period where they consumed it every day. Um, it had a forty five to eighty percent reduction in autistic symptoms, and so that's rather dramatic. It's probably the closest thing that anybody's ever come to a magic bullet, and I've always said that there's not going to be a magic bullet because this is a whole body issue going on. Other, you know, it takes a long time, but this is probably the closest thing that's come out of all this research and stuff. So it's really exciting because, um, you know, once they get the FDA approval, then other people are going to have a chance to try that out other than having to come to Arizona for the study. So it was really awesome that he was able to be there um, presenting. Um, Dr. Klinghart was there again. He's always uh, cutting edge. You know, he every year he reiterates the importance of the Wi-Fi. We'll talk about that later when we mention some of the tables there. Um, and also these foot baths, which um, we'll just touch on a little bit at first. I honestly kind of thought they were a little... Uh, an expression you used before uh, in the joke, a little woo-woo or a little like, is this real? You know, but there have been some studies behind these two, so I was really excited to hear um, some information from Dr. Klinghart on that. Right. Uh, Dr. Ruggiero was there uh, with his, um, he, he has a company that has different forms of probiotics, um, you know, and Dr. Christopher Shade there into the CBD market and uh, also liposomal preparations. This is kind of a new thing for people to understand. Uh, a liposome is basically this like fatty molecule that can surround whatever you want to put in there, uh, vitamin C or CBD or whatever. And the vitamin C, you know, if it's surrounded in this liposome, it can get through your stomach acid and the absorption uh, can actually happen even before the stomach or whatever. So there's all this, like you said, data, all these technical things, but they're so cool because I feel like I try a lot of these supplements myself and I feel better on them. So I know the kids are feeling better on them, and it was great to see a lot of like 
pioneers in the field, you know, there with that stuff. Absolutely. I was blown away by so much that was readily available. And that's one thing that I think is important to note. This information is readily available, uh, but somehow doesn't make it across to the general population. So I think that we'll have to definitely touch on that in that next podcast. However, today, uh, Ryan, we are just um, still just full of glee after the conference. Um, one of the things that stood out to me was while at our booth, uh, the families that came by and shared their stories um, was really, really mind-blowing. Uh, specifically, this one mom who said, hey, that's my son, and he's been in recovery for 10 years. And as long as that child is eating the right way, he's no longer displaying symptoms of autism or any other undesirable behaviors. And if that's not proof enough, I really just ask what more proof does one need? I mean, we believe that restoration is feasible because we've seen it with our own eyes. And so we must continue this journey to to spread the word. But w what story uh, maybe that you heard over the conference stood out to you, uh, Ryan? You know, um, some of the parents really, uh, after the movie, they came up to me and they were inspired. You know, they either wanted a copy of the movie to show their family, um, because I think what you were saying is there's all this great information, and yet the general public is sort of a myth that this is possible. You know, if you say the words autism recovery, that person, they're like, what, you can recover from autism? Like, they've never right. heard that before. And so I think the movie does a really great job at, you know, so the pros of having this conference is you get all this great information, there's so many professionals there, whatever, but at the same time, I, I tell people it's like, it's like drinking from a fire hose, you know, there's so much information, there's so many new vocabulary words, it's like you, I, I give the a skiing analogy, it's like, you know, you're skiing and you're just starting out, you're just getting into this recovery stuff, and you're, um, it's like you think you're on a green circle, but all of a sudden you're on like a double black diamond, <laughs> you're like, this is really hard, and like I said, there's so many new vocabulary words and terms for people to comprehend. That's why I think the movie, uh, the documentary, <laughs> um, documentary of all these stories of people cut together in a way that's really digestible, like they can understand it almost easier than at the conference. Because when it's coming from the mouth of the researcher, when it's coming from the mouth of doctor or that, it's harder to understand. It seems like they relate a little bit better to the families and the mothers that have went through this, you know? Absolutely. But, like, I think, that, I think that's why our, the documentary, like, stands out to them. It's so powerful because you see everything back to back. You see the professionals talking about it. You see the before footage. You see the after footage. 
you see the references and the peer-reviewed uh, you know, studies and journals at the beginning of the movie. You see all these things, and it comes together, and then you're like, oh, that's too powerful. You can't deny it. So that's why a lot of people wanted to share it with their other family and friends who couldn't come to Autism One to take all that in themselves. Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more because... I felt the exact same way. The documentary is woven together in a way that not only presents the reality of recovery, but emphasizes recovery is a reality um, and feasible for any family that's willing to get on that long runway because we already know that we hear it all too often. Oh, I tried gluten and dairy-free. Oh, I tried reducing certain things, but it's not done for anywhere near the amount of time or with the consistency necessary to allow the child to get rid of inflammation in the GI tract, get rid of the inflammation in the brain-blood barriers, get rid of the inflammation throughout you know all of the intestinal tract because as we know your third your third brain is 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 your colon is your digestive system and when we have toxins going the wrong way and things that are supposed to be good exiting the wrong way and you don't see that from the outside of the child. All you see is behaviors and, you know, self-injurious behaviors and maladaptive behaviors and so forth and so forth. So settling all that down, giving that body a chance to really restore takes that long runway. And you had mentioned uh, in our previous podcast that that long runway is essential, Ryan, and... Um, why don't you go ahead and, you know, tell us about that, some of those stories that you may have heard about how long those runways need to be. Yeah, you know, I mean, some some parents are fortunate enough that if you go gluten and dairy-free and are, stri- are accurately strict with it, you know, they're not having cross-contaminated stuff or um, from restaurant or could even be a product from the store. Um, people can see results pretty fast. Um, other ones, it, it might take longer. It might take weeks, it might take months, and some it even takes years. So it's really tough to say how fast, and some have to go farther than others. You know, some gluten-free, dairy-free works well. Uh, others have to go more dramatic with taking stuff out. But like you said, there's certain parents who, um, they say they fried something, and that's why I think these conferences are so invaluable because you talk to people that did something, they did things different than you, or they maybe did more than you, or whatever. You learn from that, and you can plug that into your own family. And a lot of people, I think, are met with like disbelief at first from other family and friends that this could be a significant piece of their kid getting better. And so I think that at the conference, you get that sense of community, like, oh, my gosh, there's so many of us that feel this way. And 
Um, you know, I, I just think that going to the conference like this, and, and again, if anybody ever wants to watch these Autism One presentations, that's the great thing about Autism One, is they actually put all these videos, like our presentation, is online for free, you know, for people to see. And so if they want to kind of take it in or try to prove it to another family member or get someone else on board for their team to convince them that this is a reality, uh, you know, they'll have to share our documentary, they'll have to share these videos, because it takes information for people to, you know, turn their opinion about stuff. And uh, it doesn't always happen overnight, just like some of the react, like the good changes in the kids not happening overnight. You know, sometimes the relatives take a while to figure out that this is, like, so important, you know. Um, right, right. And then that also reminds us about how important and crucial it is to have that family support system, which we discussed in our second podcast. And when we were discussing, you know, the wonderful results from the first podcast where uh, EZ's mother went cold turkey, she cut it all out. She said enough is enough because this child is becoming uncontrollable. And she realized and yeah, she needed to do something. I think that's why they saw results so fast. You know, not to say you have to go cold turkey with it, but you can still be dramatic in the amount of things you cut out and do that gradually. But it could still be a lot of areas of fruits, you know. And, and I mean, you know, there's, we talk about cutting things out, and cutting things out are, are probably more important than the stuff that you add in. But right. it is... It is good to know that there are now um, new technologies, new uh, supplements that they've refined to work better. Like I said, those, those liposomal products, if we can maybe just move into some of the products a little bit, like uh, Dr. Shade, uh, he has CBD, he has melatonin, he, he has vitamin C and a lot of other vitamins and minerals that are in liposomal form, herbs that are in liposomal form, so they have um, almost double or triple the absorption. So, you know, some of these things look more expensive, like maybe the melatonin or the CBD, but if it's absorbed better, then you can take less of it, uh, and, and it can be equivalent to the same price. But, um, again, this stuff didn't exist even... 10 years ago as affordable and on the mainstream scale that it is now. You know, I mean, just to talk about, like, liposomal melatonin, I guess, Dr. Klinghart mentions that if you can, for periods of time, take this liposomal melatonin, it can help your brain detox in this deep sleep. And, uh, again, just, it's a new discovery of, like, I think I think we're in, we're going to be in a new era where the recovery thing is going to pick up faster in the next five or ten years than it did in the first five or ten years because we can build on this information you know we've already come across. So um, there's a synergy in it, you know. So if you take that liposomal melatonin and you take the CBD at the same time, and maybe you're incorporating a detox strategy like uh, they had these foot baths there and you know I, i'm not going to get too 
wrapped up in the technology of the foot baths or whatever, but they seem weird. They seem like it's, you know, just somebody maybe trying to sell a product, but there are affordable ones out there. There are parents who swear by it. There are doctors who have done studies with them and the companies who have done studies with them to prove that these affordable products um, that are safe, you know, can replace like what IV chelation was. Like, you know, they used to have to hook kids up to an IV for this heavy metal chelation. And aside from being a little more dangerous, who wants to try to get any kid, let alone a kid with autism, to put a needle in their arm? Right. You know, um, they they probably have a lot of past trauma for other reasons with that. But like, you know, and, and to sit still, because with that chelation stuff, you'd have to sit still for like a half an hour to an hour. And some of these foot baths, you only have to do them for 15 minutes or a half an hour. And they can help your body detox. Like 48 hours later, your body is still dumping stuff out of it that doesn't belong there. Right. And so I think I think we're on a new a new wave of technology that people are finally figuring out how to uh, hack this system and and get things to happen faster for some of these kids who are suffering. Yeah, and I think you 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 hit the nail on the head when you said, you know new technology because it's almost like we have to refer to it as new technology but really it's just it's it's really old-fashioned stuff i mean foot baths existed in the roman ages for some reason they were doing something right back then already detoxing their bodies in these huge pools where unfortunately of course only the, you know the priests and the highest of the highest had the opportunity to do it but there was a reason for it. And um, as we see rates of autism rise, well, there's a reason for that too. And so we have to, you know, take this new approach towards autism and apply it. Because like we were talking about how long it takes. Well, it all varies on how hard you decide to go at it. And it's just like anything else. You want to lose weight? You can lose weight quickly and healthy. Or you can lose weight slowly and painfully by doing it wrong. And I think just with anything else consistency along with effort and courage as well as a support system there is no reason why we should have any kid on the autism spectrum after well, knowing, yeah, I think we'll, after knowing what yeah. we know yeah it's about it's honestly it's about that knowledge you know like there were people that talked about like, oh, my kid can't take this, my kid can't take that. Well, you know, when, when we were at Autism One, we saw um, uh, Barry Smelter is a practitioner in the San Antonio and uh, Austin, Texas area. And he basically partnered with a company called Patch MD. And you can deliver vitamins through a patch that you can just put on your back or on your body. And so... 
it, and it can stay there for just like eight hours. So it doesn't need to be there too long. And you can basically put it on the kids while they sleep if they, you know, are too sensory based to have it on during the day. Um, and, you know, you can deliver these vitamins transdermally and basically also get better absorption because they have impaired gut, you know, microbiome and everything. So they're not really absorbing the vitamins that you take orally as well anyway. So, again, yeah, there's this new technology where it's like, my kid can't take pills, my kid can't take supplements. Well, now there's another route, you know, to make that work. But in um, even making all the stuff improvement, there's certain things globally that we're going to have to be more aware of. Um, you know, like there's people that talk about, obviously, glyphosate. We talked about Roundup and these pesticides. But imagine, you know, people can put two and two together like, oh, there's someone spraying pesticides there that's bad for me to be in that grass or bad for me to touch that food or eat that food. But uh, something like Wi-Fi, it's taken me years to take some of that pollution more seriously. And, uh, it, you know, it makes sense, but they they have a tent there. It's like a insulated so that no Wi-Fi signals go in there. And when you go in that tent and you stand there for 10 minutes, you can feel the difference. It's hard to explain what it is, but it's just a more sense of pieces and calm over your body. These kids are extra sensitive to everything, including like Wi-Fi. So again, it's just like if you can do something simple like put a timer on your Wi-Fi to turn off at night or get a they make these little filters that you can plug into your wall that helps neutralize like electrical impulses in your wiring in your walls so that people can get into a deeper sleep because those electrical pulses in your wires at night doesn't sound like much, but imagine, you know, it, it, it spray like the spray of the pesticides because that's physical and we can see it. These are, it's a little more physics or whatever, but you can't see it, but these kids can feel it and it keeps them from going into a deep sleep. It can keep them from detoxing. And again, this stuff we didn't even know like 10 years ago. So I think, you know, people from the outside seem to think that it's dramatic, but all these parents that we talk to are like, I made these changes. I saw results. I made these changes. I saw results. And they're all doing different stuff. So, you know, you start to hear things and you're like, oh, that helped and that helped and that helped and that helped. And you have all this list. You can arm yourself with tools to go out there as, you know, a parent or practitioner or whatever to help other families. And um, I guess with more more people believed in some of these angles, um, you know, I think in the following podcast, we need to talk a little bit about the discrimination, the just all-out ignoring of information like this that has been in peer-reviewed journals and has been analyzed, and yet people aren't taking forward steps with it. Absolutely. It's one of the things that enrages me the most, uh, the dismissal of seeing a kid um, basically do a 360 uh, and you want more data? What more does one need than to see what healthy eating does for the body? What more does one need to see that behaviors can often quickly go away if you're consistent with what you are deciding to feed your child 
you can see changes when you decide to uncondition those conditioned responses that you would normally provide to your child and start giving them healthy food and like you said the dismissal of the information by you know a whole realm of professionals is out it's outstanding I, I can't I just can't believe it it's you know you you go to your doctor and you and you assume that your doctor is going to tell you you know what's best for you but really what ends up happening is that that doctor is likely not really trained in nutrition unless they're an actual nutritionist and even if you are a nutritionist they're still going to avoid that information from your studies because otherwise people would be hearing about autism recovery from these doctors and specialists they would be hearing more of the stories and so when you go see your doctor your doctor should be able to say oh you know what just you know had a kid recover last week from autism and this is what you need to do to recover your child just like they would summon up any other you know information to give to a patient suffering from an ailment i i just don't understand and so we have to intensify this movement we have to magnify the information so people can see it clearly we have to flood the airways the internet and all other modes of communication so that you know we can get these podcasts maybe on the radio one day and or even have a station where people can tune in and they can all they need to do is dial in in their radio and people are talking about recovery that's where we need to be we have to move away from all this awareness talk which is simply as you mentioned acceptance and we we can't accept this for our youth and our children anymore um it just it's just not it's not acceptable yeah i i think the documentary is synthesizing information for a lot of people so that they can fall back on that because i think you know a combination of what we talked about with this conference that brings together the camaraderie of people you have a group that you know believes in this a group of professionals a groups groups of parents um you know and i think that only when there's enough information out there for everybody to always fall back on will they be able to because the diet's hard because they have their uncle or their mother or their brother or somebody like criticizing what they're doing and um that's why you need things like this conference you need our documentary you need to be on our facebook you need to be on other people's facebook like support groups biomedical support groups you know you have to build yourself a family of people that you know can get this job done because uh, there's going to be a lot of people that don't believe in it and that you know as we move into like the topic for next time uh it's just unbelievable i think that's why it's been so slow is that half of the 
professionals in the autism community, the doctors that treat them, the neurologists, the, the speech pathologists, the behavior therapists, you know, everyone that's into that ABA side, too, I feel like for whatever reason, they've stunned or disbelieved that this is a reality. And I know there's been some, some poorly designed studies that said they're assumptions uh like for instance you know there were a couple studies that showed that gluten-free and dairy-free didn't have a significant difference but you know we reiterated i think in a previous podcast but that those were too short those were like six weeks or eight week studies and and the studies then that finally came out that were a year long of the people that were doing that showed significant improvement and so like you said we talked about that runway before and I think now now the studies are coming out that are on our side. Um, but I, like you said, it's not acceptable for our youth, and these people should at least be open. Because when you talk about this stuff to any other professional, like, hey, a kid recovered, hey, a kid dropped these symptoms, hey, whatever, they should be all ears being like, oh, my gosh, how did they do it? You tell me more. But, but for the most part, um, it's not really met with enthusiasm. It's just kind of met with disbelief and being like, oh, okay, well, whatever happened to him must be an isolated case or something. And right. they just kind of don't, don't pursue it, you know. And so the conference is about this, the documentary is about this, and this whole other side of the profession needs to frankly get their act together and start believing parents believing other professionals that have been there done that because it's obviously a reality exactly it is so much a reality you you again hit the nail on the head we are super excited to continue our journey and ryan we want to just thank you again for being on the line with us today we covered a lot and for next time folks tune in uh, sooner than later and we will be talking about health food diet and ABA so why don't they all link together that is the question here on restoring balance autism recovery Ryan thank you so much thanks again thanks again always good talking always excellent till next time folks mm-hmm.